Liverpool versus Everton, live from Anfield. On Off The Ball with Sky. Get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports. Brian, we've just watched Liverpool win the Merseyside derby. It wasn't vintage Liverpool, it wasn't a classic Merseyside derby, but maybe with the current state of the two clubs, that wasn't surprising. No, and before the match with Everton discovering uh, that Burnley had won the game and put them into the bottom three, obviously had some effect. I don't think it had any effect on the actual tactical uh, setup which Everton put out on the pitch. I'm sure that was worked on during the week by Frank Lampard and his coach and staff and the team. Um, but it was it was a massive game for both clubs, um, uh, for obvious, obviously different reasons, and the result was Everton no favour at all. Um, for Liverpool, it was vital that they they won with Manchester City winning yesterday, and extending the lead to four points. But um, I think Liverpool deserved to win the game on possession. I feel that Everton probably feel a bit hard done by on some of the incidents where they counter-attacked and Anthony Gordon was fouled around the penalty area or in the penalty area on two occasions. Well, one, the referee decided there was a dive and gave him a yellow card. Another one, with Matip in the second half, the referee decided it wasn't a foul. I think that was debatable. I felt the referee got it right, but I could understand if Everton felt hard done by on it. Um, and they, they counter-attacked quite well the core had that chance in the first half when they were down one nothing. the second half they got another good chance with um, Dali Ali walked his way in along the end line and went for the cutback towards Iwobi that Robertson came across and intercepted only a yard or two off the goal line so they had their chances Everton before Liverpool got the second goal and even before Liverpool got the first goal but you know when you're under that much pressure and Liverpool have so many good attacking players and great options on the bench it's very very hard to keep them out for, for, for so long and that's what ultimately happened once they put on those two substitutions they'd already increased the tempo I felt of the game but Origi and Diaz coming on gave them a bit more presence and also a lot more distraction for the Everton back four in the box and and Origi obviously had a huge involvement in both um both Liverpool goals and as a manager that much must give Jurgen Klopp huge comfort when he looks at that bench in a game like that that's really scrappy hard fought while Liverpool were getting more and more on top as you say by by upping the speed of the game like Diaz and Origi both made a massive impression when they came on Origi with the goal and with the pre-assist but Diaz just with the energy he brings to the place yeah like Diaz I I, I think um, you know I think if Klopp was asked tomorrow what his best front three is he wouldn't want to answer the question but I think if he, if the Champions League final was on on Tuesday or Wednesday night I think Diaz would start with Mane and Salah which would inch Jota out of the team Origi would be probably sixth choice if Firmino was fit but it, 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 what was required today was certainly more attacking players to upset the, the Everton defence and he was able to sacrifice a midfield player. The system is almost always 4-3-3. He was able to take out one of the midfield players, Keita, and put on an extra attacker and change one. The attacker ends up with four out-and-out attacking players. And Origi has a bit of physical presence that none of the others had. And those 
I'm sure the manager does look at it and say, but even when he's picking the subs, I'm sure he can look at it and say, I, you know, who do I go for today? Do I include Origi in the in the subs bench? Do I include Minamino in the sub? It's Firmino on the bench, and uh, that's it's a great way for him to be to be, and they've built it up to this stage over the last few years where Firmino has become less important but for four years it was Salah, Firmino and Mane that show but now by very careful and um, well thought out recruitment they've added extra quality to that bench and effectiveness as well I'm sure you'd seen some of Luis Diaz over recent years from covering Champions League Europa League European football He's surprised by how how well he has done so quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the standout moment that caught people's attention was a couple of years ago. He scored a great goal, an individual goal against Manchester City. They lost the game 3 or 4 1, but it was an outstanding goal where he dribbled from that left wide position, going infield, cutting across the Manchester City defence and, and buried it in the far corner. Now, I think that caught a lot of people's attention. I'm sure it caught a lot of the bigger clubs' attention as well. Obviously, Liverpool had carefully monitored his progress and waited on the time to pounce and make an offer that Porto were willing to accept. As we know, clubs generally say it's hard to buy good players in the January window. But Liverpool have managed it, and he was a big signing. And He looks like the, the prototype Klopp signing in that he has the energy that you need to play in that Liverpool front three but the, the piece of control that he did I know it's, it's it's a little bit of showboating as the ball comes through the air but it's showboating at 1-0 on the Merseyside Derby that's right um, I, I, I think they, he's a prototype as you said which the, the, the first requirement is honesty in terms of work right I think that's you see it with Jota who was the last one of those that came in and they're the same in that the first thing you say but they work terrible hard they're prepared to chase and sacrifice themselves for the team they're not waiting on the ball to come to them they go and run to look to get the ball the the first thing they do is try to stop the opposition playing and then when they have the ball they can do things with it they can come up with moments of magic they can beat men they're fast I think his impact has been surprisingly good coming mid-season into a team where so much is expected where you've got to do it from the off and every game is a high pressure game because they're chasing all these trophies so it's a little bit surprising but uh, uh, again you have to compliment Liverpool's recruitment process and the people that are involved in it and, and I'm sure it's Klopp that makes the final gives the final nod and says yes I'll have him and it's he's been a fantastic signing for them Another clean sheet at home as well for Liverpool, the best home record in uh, the Premier League. Andy Robertson, under a bit of pressure at the start of the season, Chimikas came in, was getting opportunities, was taking them. Uh, and some Liverpool supporters, I think, were looking at that left-back spot and thinking, well, maybe that bit of freshness is a good thing. Like Jurgen Klopp, again, has got the perfect response, the perfect scenario where he can trust Chimikas to come in. But also, it seems they brought Andy Robertson onto another level. Yeah, I think the pressure hasn't done him any harm knowing that you're not an automatic choice. It should never be the way at a club as as big as Liverpool. Um, Samakas has looked like um, a good replacement for him. Not quite as good, I would say. I doubt if he'd have the consistency of performance that Robertson's produced over the last 
five or six seasons that he's been there. Played all 38 league games last year. He, he's almost always available, always fit. But I don't, has he ever made a bigger contribution than he did to a, a difficult game today? I'm not sure he has. Getting a goal when you've all those great attacking players on the pitch and he get, he's the one that makes the breakthrough. Being the right place the right time to score that goal. He's created so many goals for Liverpool with the livery crossing from the left-hand side. But that was a massive goal today and his, his clearance back deep in his own six-yard box was a, a, also a vital moment. So it's a massive contribution. And Liverpool, they have those players now. You know, they can rely on the goalkeeper to make the saves in the 1v1s when so many teams get get players through free on goal and it looks like a moment where you're saying oh, in big trouble here Alisson comes out and spreads that big frame centre backs come up with goals or big tackles you know all over the pitch Fabinho has added goals to his game as well as being the holding player essential to a team like Liverpool where there's so much emphasis on attacking full backs getting into four positions and they're in great form but equally Manchester City were outstanding yesterday they you know, just swabbed off Watford so easily yesterday. It was uh, it, it, it was almost boring in the way they beat Watford yesterday. They were brilliant, some brilliant football, brilliant goals. It seems sort and of pointless as well trying to predict what's going to happen over the next month in in all the competitions. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if they end up with Manchester City and Liverpool against each other, the Champions League final. Although they both have big challenges, Villarreal don't look like. A, a, a team of the standing of Real Madrid, Manchester City and Liverpool but they've been such a, a brilliantly effective knockout team over the last couple of seasons under Emery that you can't rule them out of beating Liverpool um, I don't know where it's going to go but I think what we can look forward to is drama to the last game of the season this year involving these teams, Manchester City and Liverpool and whether that comes right down to Champions League final in the end so be it, whether it's just down to the last league game of the season maybe it'll be that one but they are two outstanding teams and um, I think you know I, th- I think Liverpool have one one trophy under their belt. The most important trophy for them now, out of the three that remains, I would feel it's actually the Champions League. Above I, the Premier League? I think so. I think that that would give them, you know, bigger, bigger bragging rights in the European sense, in the world sense, if they won the Champions League again. But I don't think they'll settle for that. I think they will be aiming to try and win the league. But that it's not in their control. You said that to me earlier. They can't. They've got to do their own stuff and hope that someone else does them the favour. That c- could happen. But they are in control. Of the Champions League one themselves because you know they can win three matches and win the Champions League, the FA Cup. They've got Chelsea in the final. I think the 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 the, the Premier League would be the hardest one for them to win because it's obviously five games and they can't do anything about Manchester City's position, whereas the others, they're in control themselves. Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? For the here and now, I, I want to start selling out Salah Stadium before we, we kind of jump ship over to the Aviva. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. It might get plenty of drama down the bottom as well, so Everton knew coming in, they were in the bottom three. Burnley got their victory. They had two good results coming into this game, Everton, and then 
you know, they're not rolling over. Their heads aren't down. Like, they stuck together for an hour of that game. Not even for an hour. They stuck together for the full 90 minutes. But their away record is shocking. They've got Chelsea at home next week. How do you see the final month of the scrap at the bottom going? Well, well, Burnley have a bit of momentum, surprisingly so. I mean, they did something that I think 90% of people that watch football closely would say, don't do that, don't get rid of Sean Dyche. He's there nine, ten years. He knows how to do it. He's seen it all before. He's very reliable, very steady. He knows the players, all that. And then they get rid of him. And I think it's Mike Jackson's the lad running the yeah. team. He steps up from the, the underage teams. And they've got suddenly got seven points. Um it's 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 quite startling really what what they've done a big win today to beat wolves who are not an easy team to be good win against southampton draw the leicester when they do the game so they they they're obviously on a little bit of a roll i would look at everton's squad and say they've this better squad of players games wise i think it's quite even between them in terms of games it's very hard to tell at this time of the season in that Ordinarily, we'd say Chelsea next week is a very tough game. Yeah, but it does feel as though Chelsea in the league this season. There's not sort no, of their, out. Well, their biggest game is, is the FA Cup mm. final. So you know, um, but they also need to stay in the in the Champions League position, which I think today's result was very important, even though they didn't play very well. The late goal by Pulisic. So yeah, you would look at that. But the other game next to then they've got Watford and Leicester away, mid-table teams. They've got Palace away. As well, who another mid-table team? Arsenal in the last game is a massive, massive game. So I think they've got the players to do it. Uh, they've got match. They've got one match in hand. Uh, can Burnley sustain what they're doing? It's hard to know, but certainly their players will have confidence in what's been going on recently. And they are resilient defensively, and they're back to that. And Nathan Collins with Tarkowski have played very well in recent games. They have a good goalkeeper with Pope. You wouldn't say the same about Everton. They've got a good goalkeeper in Pickford. But the centre-back partnership hasn't been reliable. Today, the defensive setup looked solid. But that was because there was so much protection mm. for the back four until late at the game. So it's very finely balanced. Everton could well go down. And then that sort of slow bike race as it is for the top four between Arsenal, Spurs, and it feels just between Arsenal and Spurs at this stage. I don't know if you saw Arsenal, Manchester United and your general thoughts. I did, yeah. And also your just general thoughts on what's gone on at Manchester United over the last 48 hours with the appointment of Eric Ten Hag, the comments from Ralph Rangnick where he basically criticised the club from top to bottom. Uh, Paul Skoll said that Jesse Lingard had been telling him off the record that uh, the dressing room was a mess. Well, look, just first on the Arsenal sports one, I think, again, I think Arsenal have got themselves uh, into a position where I think it, it's flown with them. They've had two big wins this week. Great win over Manchester United yesterday, Chelsea during the week. Um, having lost three or four games in a row, I think, prior to that. Spurs had been going very well, won four in a row. Saw them last week. They were, didn't play well at all against Brighton. They were beaten fair and square without having a shot at goal, which is hard to believe because they've been averaging nearly four goals a game in the four games prior to that. And then yesterday again, they failed to have a shot at goal again. Which How is, does that happen? Which, well, I, well, it's 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 
involves a few things. I mean, obviously the opposition are looking at you saying, well, we go and play Spurs and play an open attacking game and leave ourselves open to counter-attack and Harry Kane uh, and Son and Kulisevsky will, will, will cut us apart. But if we play a bit more, a bit tighter and uh, more cautious in the midfield area, don't let us Spurs get... And that's what Brighton did. They brought up really, really well. Graham Potter put a great plan in place and they were uh, they, they, they were the better team in the match and there to win. And... Uh, Yesterday, the same same thing happened. Spurs couldn't get a goal. Brentford played very well. Brentford were the better team. I felt overall the match. So I I think you know it's going to be very very difficult for Spurs. They've still got their home game with Arsenal to go, but unless they can do do their stuff in the next three three games, that won't matter. So I think Arsenal are favourites for that position as far as I'm concerned. Manchester United think look. There's so much talk about it, so much has been written about it. I don't have a huge amount to add to what people have heard and read, other than to say it's extraordinary that they've got themselves into this position, Manchester United, with all the spending on players. It looked pre-season. You remember, they finished second last year, a long, long way behind Manchester City. But nonetheless, they finished second in the table. They added players who you would have thought were going to make a difference. Varane much vaunted centre-back from uh, Real Madrid. Sancho, who had been exceptionally good in, in, in Germany and Bundesliga, they paid a lot of money money for him. And you're kind of looking at those players going, it was the third one, there was the one... Ronaldo. Uh, oh, Ronaldo, of course. So, so Ronaldo, and you, you're looking and saying, they've got to be better. But in fact, they've been worse this season. And uh, it, it, it's, it is extraordinary. And it, it, it's... It's hard to believe they've got to where they've gone lost the last three games and they were so woeful against uh, Liverpool during the week. I didn't think they were woeful yesterday. I thought defensively they were poor. Both teams were poor in the first half, particularly so. But they did show a bit of fight about them and Ronaldo got them a great goal. Uh, it's hard to see long-term him sticking around. Uh, Radnick said the team, I think he said the team needed uh, heart surgery Um but the team does need major surgery. It needs a change in that attitude. All I've been reading around Ten Hag has been very interesting about his, um, his 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 work and his style of work and his 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 way of trying to get a team to function properly. But it also what come across to me is that he's not someone that looks or that gets instant change in the performance of the team and the players. And that'll be interesting if that's the case of Manchester United, whether people have the patience. Well, that, and th- like, that is the most interesting part of this because everyone on the outset always talks about patience and says, yes, this can be a three, four, five-year plan. Hmm. But if we're at Christmas and there's no great improvement, patience won't last very long at a club like Manchester no, United. No, because all, the, all those people are, well, some of the people, you mentioned skulls, but there are other people out there that have big voices and uh, big microphones and a big audience and they have an awful lot to say. And because they previously played for Manchester United, they seem to have a huge influence and the people inside seem to be quite weak in terms of what, what's been said outside that mm. affects them. If he does have the power, if he does have total control of transfers, of who stays and who goes, of style of football, week one, what should he do? Who are the players who you would look at that you think have got to go 
And who are the couple of guys you've seen, either Premier League or around Europe, who you think could come in and, and really transform Manchester United? Well, well, the players, uh, uh, to some degree, that some of that has been made easy for them in the, the likes of Matip. Um, uh, Cavani. Cavani, his time will be up. Ronaldo, that decision might be made, might be out of his hands as well. Um, Phil Jones would be an, another one. Lingard would be another one. Um, possibly Bali, I think as well. Who's another one? So there could be, you know, I've always looked at their squad in the last few years and said they've a very deep squad of players. The problem has been there's not much difference between a lot of them, and that they've been only adequate when they play it. And the areas of the team that need to improve, you'd say, bar the goalkeeper who's had a very very good season. Um, nearly every area the team needs to improve. You could say Ronaldo has been a brilliant goal scorer, but if he's not going to stay around and not going to play him just as a goal scorer. Now suddenly they need a goal scorer. Well, it looked like at one stage they were quite well off. It looked like Rashford, Greenwood, Cavani, uh, and Ronaldo when he came in, uh, and Martial when they had him, that they were all right there. And there's a fair chance that. Well, there's a possibility that none of those five will be even at the club next That's season. That's right. Well, I, I don't think they should dispense with Rashford. I've seen some people saying, you know, some uh, experienced commentators saying Rashford hasn't done anything in the last couple of seasons. It's time to go. I don't believe that. I think he's still a very talented player. He's lost his way on the pitch, I believe. For some reason, he's been part of a club and part of a team that has, uh, has not performed. And he's been one of the ones he's... He's not had a settled position and he has kind of floundered while those around him have floundered. So I, he's one that I, I think they should should keep. The, um, the, the, the other part of it, the midfield area, I mean, there's been times when Fred and McTominay have looked adequate, but only adequate. And I think they should be just squad players. They need better players. I felt Matic has been his legs have been gone for a couple of years, and I didn't I didn't think that he he was good enough in there. So I think they, that that position they definitely need someone for there for the centre. It, it looks like they need a centre half as well. I mean, Real Madrid don't make that many mistakes in letting fellas out. There's very rarely fellas go out of Real Madrid and they're brilliant for other teams. So it looks like they was the reason why they were prepared to let Ferran get out, and he got out. It doesn't look like. The partnership with him and, uh, and Harry Kane, or, or Maguire, Harry Maguire and Lindelof, is going to work out. So, they, they, but look, you know, I can say these things, but it's up to the manager, the manager that's coming in, and I presume Ranyak is going to fill him totally. All we said about, about about clubs buying players, and finding out after they signed them that they weren't the right players. It, it, it's a strange thing as a manager you can often look at players playing against you for opposition teams they do very well and that's why I often say clubs make mistakes judging players playing against their own club they should make decisions about them playing against other teams not their own team and clubs make loads of mistakes in signing players I mentioned Liverpool earlier they haven't, they haven't made an awful lot of big mistakes Liverpool and players in recent years Manchester United have made lots and lots of mistakes. But the players they sign, they've got to suit the manager. He's the one that has to have the biggest say. I think you were trying to say that earlier, will he have the power? Me saying, well, I think they should sign Harry Kane because he needs a centre-forward, or they should sign Declan Rice because he's a great midfield player. It's irrelevant. It's up to the manager that's coming in. 
with the help of the people I know it's a much different league than the league he's operating in really they've only got to finish you know ahead of PSV um, there's not there's not much other opposition to them in the Dutch league fine art with the grey some of the other smaller clubs give it a bit of a go now and again but they have the choice of the players there will the, some of the players he has he's not going to sign Haller Haller was ineffective in the Premier League he's been brilliant for X centre forward we saw in Anthony maybe there's talks of him signing some of the midfield players some of the young midfield players have been very impressive for Ajax I'm not sure they're going to change Manchester United the players that went to Spain didn't make a huge difference in Spain when they left Ajax mm. um, so I think those signings it's not going to be easy for them to, to get the right players you look at, I think Antonio Conte had a better knowledge from his time in the Italian league, that those players in the Italian league more suited to the Premier League than players. There's been lots of failures from the Dutch league in um, in the Premier League. I mean, remember Chris Hutton signed several players in the Dutch league that didn't do it mm. for Brighton, and they scored gillions of goals. So, uh, you know, we saw with Davy Klassen even going to Everton. He was another one of the AX players. Bergvine. Sorry, Bergwijn hasn't, hasn't done it on a, on a consistent basis. So, it'll be a tricky one for the manager. I don't know who the players are. You know, you could say, yeah, sign Haaland. Well, that's an easy one. But then may not be able to say, everyone wants to sign Haaland. Mm. Who has the money? Manchester City are in, in the favourites position. I don't know is the answer to that. But I'm sure that's why they have the scouting network. They got rid of Jim Lawler went this week. He was chief scout, great, great fella. But I'd heard his power had been eroded in recent years too. Uh, right. And there'll be a new a new setup in around that as well. And you'd hope better decision making. But they've got to get... Well, I suppose there'll be so many coming in the next time that they've got to get some of them right. But I will ask you, I think Sancho will be, will be a player for them. Varane will be a, a steady player for them. Uh, the Ronaldo won the longer term. Is he going to be there? Is he not? It's hard to know at this stage. He's had a good season scoring goals, but in terms of the style of the team, it's affected the style. I think it's affected the morale of the team as well. Fernandez has got to get his act together. He's he's a better player than what he's shown this year. But he's got to get his act together in terms of his overall behaviour and attitude and so on. Like he's far away from captaincy material in the way he behaves. He's a leader in terms of his ability at times, but he's not been that this season. I think he was affected by Ronaldo. I don't think it was good for him. I think he was better without Ronaldo. Ronaldo took the shine off his brilliance from the previous season, I think. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of change. It's uh, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting time, but I think it's more interesting Manchester City and Liverpool because of their quality and consistency, but Manchester United is such a huge club with a huge tradition um, that so many people want to talk about it. Great stuff as always, Brian. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks a lot. Good day. Liverpool versus Everton, live from Anfield. On Off The Ball. With Sky. Get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports.